Thanks so much for listening. Before I get into the episode, I wanted to thank today's podcast sponsor, which is Coda Luna and their baby keepsake castle. I personally just put all of my baby's memorabilia into these little keepsake castle boxes and they are so adorable functional. And if you really love organization, then you're really going to love this keepsake box. So not only is it a keepsake box, but it also includes a baby book and it has space for capturing all of the milestones of your baby's early years. And then the keepsake box itself stores all of the memorabilia that you want to keep. So baby's first socks and pacifier and the little hat that they wore when they came home from the hospital. So this keepsake castle with the baby memory book is more than just an organizational product. It's a gateway to preserving the remarkable journey of new parenthood. So take a moment to visit keepsakecastle.com today and embark on creating a lasting legacy of love and nostalgia. Hello, thank you for listening to today's episode of Finding Your Village podcast. My name's Amanda Gorman and I'm your host. The goal of the show today is to serve as a reminder to myself and anyone else who needs to hear that we are an example for our children. Whether we like it or not, it's still true that our children watch everything that we do from a very, very young age. And remember that learning starts as soon as birth, even earlier. Therefore, if we want to keep any negative cycles from repeating themselves in the lives of our children, we have to be the example and make a change in ourselves first. Today, I'm going to discuss the importance of self-awareness and making positive changes in your life as a parent. I'm specifically going to touch on this in three key areas. The first is weight management. The second is divorce. And the third is racism. So what do all of these three topics have in common? The biggest impact on all three is parent influence. And this is my opinion, okay? And and I'm going to use research to back this up, so stick with me here. Um, but I have selected those three areas to discuss today because those are all also areas that I need to make positive changes in personally. I'll be honest, today's episode is the result of my processing the murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery. I have recently done a lot of thinking, praying, reading, and listening to process all of that. And the last couple weeks have honestly been a wake-up call for me as a white woman living in the U.S. And the reason why I have chosen this topic today is because I can relate back to my recent realizations that I've had about my own racial biases, back to other issues that plague me that I more easily identify issues with, and that is issues with food and issues with my spouse. I do not want to pass on any of my negative traits, habits, or limiting beliefs about any of these three topics to my children. We know from studying each of these topics, if we are not intentional with our self-awareness and our actions, then we will pass on negative traits, habits, and limiting beliefs to our children. I'd like to take a moment to look more closely at each of these three topics that I brought up. So many studies have found that children of obese parents are more likely to be obese than children whose parents are not obese. Now, to be fair, 
Part of that may very well be genetics. However, when you think about divorce, that to me seems a lot like nurture, not very much nature. To quote a Psychology Today article by Sarah Epstein, she wrote, One study by researchers Paul Amato and Danielle DeBauer indicated that if a woman's parents divorced, her odds of divorce increased by 69%, while if both a husband and wife's parents divorced, the risk of divorce increased by 189%. End quote. And I have read article after article the last few weeks about the unintentional ways that white parents are passing on racism to their kids. So what am I going to do about all this? What have I been doing? Well, the rest of this episode is going to be both a personal confession from me, as well as a declaration and a call to action for myself and what I'm going to do. And if you would like to join me, that would be wonderful. Here is my main confession, I struggle in all three areas that I just mentioned. Some of these areas I've been working on for years and others, well, I just joined the party. Uh, So first off, weight management. I have struggled with my weight for a long time. I was bulimic from the ages of 12 to 20 years old. Since then, I have healed a lot. However, I still have body image issues and I do not want my daughter Grace to struggle with her weight. I don't want my son to struggle with his either. I want her to love her body. I want both of them to love their bodies. But I'm thinking about Grace in particular just because body image is such a pervasive issue for women in particular. I don't know how Grace could really love her body if I'm not providing a great example for her. So here's what I'm doing. I make an effort to never make negative comments about my body around her or talk about losing weight in front of her. I really try not to talk about bodies at very much at all other than the function of them. <laughs> I focus more on her capabilities, her intelligence when I give her compliments. Um, she loves putting on dress-up dresses, so I definitely will compliment her and say that she looks like a princess because that's what she wants to hear. But other than that, I really try to not put a huge emphasis on, on looks in general. Now, I still have more work to do on this area, and if I keep working on myself in this area, like I intend to, she is much more likely to not struggle with her weight and body image. In addition to that, like I touched on a few episodes ago when I had Marianne Tranter on, kids learn what to eat and how to eat from watching their parents. Kids also learn the same thing when it comes to moving our bodies and in doing things to keep us healthy, like exercise. All right, let's talk about divorce now. Okay, so I touched on this a little bit as well in my last episode that I had with Marie Gorman last week. And um, in that episode, I mentioned that my parents are divorced. I did not want to follow in their footsteps. I still don't want to follow in their footsteps. Uh, They don't want me to follow in their footsteps. So years ago, Chris and I started going to counseling and we've gone on and off. We are definitely going now (laughs) in this pandemic. Thank goodness for telehealth. We are so, so grateful for our marriage counselor. Um, But just because I said this last week, but just because I wasn't taught the best way to fight with my spouse from my parents who I love and are not perfect and did the best they could 
It does not mean that I can't unlearn the negative things that they showed and then learn better ways to tackle conflict resolution with my husband. And I am actively seeking that out because I know that it's not only going to make impacts in our lives, but it is absolutely going to impact our children and their future relationships as well. And lastly, and certainly not least, actually, it's the opposite. This is the most important part of what I wanted to talk about today, and that is racism. I have intentionally led up to this to make the connection for anyone that this spoke to or that needed to hear this. Um, I wanted to lead up to it with kind of a warm lead. And here's another confession. I am an anti-racist, and I just showed up to the party two weeks ago. I am not proud that I just showed up to this party. I am going to humble myself and admit it. It did not dawn on me that I had racial biases until I took a cold, hard look at myself. Why it took me this long to see it, I don't know, and I am not proud of that. I know that this is the right thing to do, and I do not want to pass down any racial biases or contribute any longer to systemic or institutionalized racism. I recently watched a live podcast where Cache Prescott, host of the All Things Unlearned podcast, interviewed Dr. Miriam Jernigan Noesi. In the interview, they discussed racial trauma. And I'm going to link to this podcast episode in my show notes. I highly recommend that you listen to it yourself. But just to give an overall summary in this episode, Dr. Jernigan Noesi touches on the white racial identity development model that was developed by her mentor, Dr. Janet Helms. To quote Dr. Helms, the model was created, quote, to raise the awareness of white people about their role in creating and maintaining a racist society and the need for them to act responsibly by dismantling systemic racism through a framework of power and privilege, end quote. Now, I've been doing more reading on this model and the work that these doctors do and after I watched this podcast. And what really hit me between the eyes was the idea of what happens after I examine my own racial biases. Until recently, I often pushed back against examining my own racial biases because at first I didn't think I had any. And then after that, after I realized that I did, I thought, you know, this is scary because if I give this airtime in my mind, then that means that in, in a sense, I'm racist. And that was really, really hard for me to admit. And it's hard for me to say those words right now, honestly. And, and I think that is because I thought if that's true, then, then I'm a bad person. And it was just very shame inducing. And I was thinking about this the other night and I was journaling about this idea of shame. And I thought, okay, well, I think that what's behind my rejection of, of looking at my racial biases, I think what's behind that is shame. Because I truly believe that shame is the thing that that makes me look the other way. It keeps me scrolling when I see something on Facebook that I, I don't that makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, so this is what I wrote in my journal. When I'm faced with my own racist prejudices, I immediately feel ashamed. I am ashamed for for several reasons. I'm ashamed for the times that I didn't stand up to things that that were said by people that I knew. I should have stood up for, but I was, I, I felt like I was too young and wasn't able to say anything. Um, but shame, in my opinion, is baloney. 
I am done with it. Shame makes me feel like I'm a bad person at my core. So I run and hide instead of confronting the problem and doing something about it. So then I started to think, well, what is the alternative? And I thought about it for a little while. And I also did some research because I mean, I'm, you know, only so smart. And I would like to look at other people that are much smarter than me. And what I realized is that instead, I need to approach this with humility. Humility in this instance, specifically, maybe all, I don't know. But humility is the opposite of shame. If I humble myself, if I think about humility, okay, um, what I wrote down is that humility is when you are lowered beneath what you had previously thought of yourself. And I'm going to quote my pastor from my church, Andy Stanley here, um, he, or, or I'm going to paraphrase. Uh, he often says, when you think about humility, it's not about thinking less of yourself. It's about thinking about yourself less. So then I decided I'm going to choose humility because if I choose that when I face my prejudices and my biases, I do not immediately get defensive because it's not about me. If you focus on other people and keep bringing it back there, you don't have time to identify as a bad person and head down that shame spiral. You don't have time to feel sorry for yourself because you're too focused on the well-being of others and what their experiences are. This to me has been very, very enlightening. And even though I am not okay with how late I am to this game, like I have said several times, I am so thankful for this realization. And I'm really, really committed to raising my children to be race conscious and to really be aware of my own biases so that they do not negatively impact my children and future generations. All right, well, that's a little bit of a tangent. I think it's important, but now I'd like to bring it back to what I was just talking about. And that is the concept that Dr. Jernigan Noesi highlighted. And she provided another alternative for me in this way. I could examine my racial biases instead of hiding from them in shame. I could humble myself to examine the icky, gross part of me that I wish did not exist. And then instead of taking that on as a part of my identity, I can challenge those biases and change. Not only that, but if I make this a habit to challenge my biases, guess who is going to see me do that? My kids. Then I feel like I'm actually doing some part to stop this horrible cycle of racism the exact same way that I have already proven that I can do my part to stop the cycle of other negative traits and qualities that I've had in my past, which is leading down the path of divorce by being unfair to my spouse or, you know, doing my part to stop the cycle of unhealthy body image. So in conclusion, the things that I talked about today were my confession of areas that I struggle in but I'm actively walking towards making changes on. I'm doing it to better myself, but I'm also doing it to be a good example for my kids. If anything that I said today resonates with you, I would really encourage you to question your own beliefs and biases and ask you how well they're serving you or others. If something isn't serving you or others well, you are invited to let it go. Lastly, if you are a white parent who is interested in becoming an ally or a better ally for people of color, 
I will point your attention to racial justice leaders that I have been watching and listening to, and I will link to several recommendations in my show notes for resources that I have found to be particularly helpful. So one of those recommendations is to listen to the All Things Unlearned podcast that I mentioned with Cache Prescott and Dr. Jernigan Noesi. I'm also recording an episode with Cache Prescott soon, and I am really excited to share that with you all. So be on the lookout for that in the next couple weeks. And finally, please contact me and let me know what you think about the show today. Do you agree with what I said? Disagree? my way off base? Do you have other resources that I should know about? If so, I would love to hear from you. You can connect with me in a couple of ways. So on Instagram, I'm at finding your village. On Facebook, I'm at finding your village pod, like podcast pod, or you can email me at amanda at finding your village Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great week and stay safe. 